The following is my conversation with world-renowned linguist and philosopher Noam Chomsky. We discuss his early life education and political involvement. But most importantly, we discuss his work in linguistics and philosophy. His theories have had a tremendous impact on the development of the discipline, and I wanted to get his thoughts on some of the more pressing issues of our day. So please listen with an open mind, and let me know what you think after hearing Noam Chomsky speak. Thank you. Today's sponsor is Astigmatism Swifty, who say your vision is worth the wait. They offer a great service that will help you correct your vision. If you're ever in doubt about your vision, make an appointment with Astigmatism Swifty and they'll get you back on track. Thanks for supporting Lexman and I hope you have a great day. Hey Noam, thanks for taking the time to chat with us. It's my pleasure. It's, it's always interesting to talk with people who are interested in language and its relation to culture. So, can you tell us a little bit about your early life? I was born in Philadelphia in 1933. I came to the United States from Poland when I was about eight years old. I grew up in an immigrant family, and my dad was a Hebrew scholar, so I was exposed to a lot of languages early on. I was exposed to a lot of languages early on. All right, that's really interesting. Can you talk a little bit about your education? Well, I studied at the University of Pennsylvania, where I got a PhD in linguistics in 1957. After that, I spent a few years at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, where I worked with Roger Martin on some work on semantics. Uh, some work on semantics. Then I moved to Johns Hopkins University, where I've been teaching since 1969. That's really illustrious career. Can you tell us about your involvement in radical politics? Well, as you might expect from someone with my background, my involvement in radical politics goes back quite a ways. When I was a student at Camp Cambridge, I participated in protests against the Vietnam War and other social justice issues. This issues, after getting my PhD, I continued to be involved in activism most notably campaigning for the rights of Palestinians and African-Americans, and African-Americans. Wow, that's fantastic. You've certainly had a lot of impact on the world over the course of your long career. Can you tell us anything else about your work in linguistics and philosophy? One of the things that's been most important to me is developing theories about language that are applicable to real-world situations. So, for example, when we talk about taking a sentence as an object of analysis or looking at its structure, these are concepts that can be applied to any language regardless of culture or period. And the same goes for theories about grammar and syntax. They're applicable no matter what language you're talking about. That makes a lot of sense. So what do you think are the biggest challenges facing linguistics and philosophy today? One of the things that has been most important to me is trying to bridge the gap between linguistics and other disciplines, particularly cognitive science and psychology. Uh, psychology. So we want to be able to use the principles of linguistics to understand phenomena like mental representation or lexical access in language users. And language users. And we want to be able to use principles of cognitive science to investigate questions like how speakers arrive at certain interpretations or constructions during discourse. Constructions during discourse. But we still have a lot of progress to make in this area. Yeah, absolutely. So what advice would you give to someone who's interested in pursuing a career in linguistics or philosophy? 
The best advice that I could give would be to focus on mastering one specific area before attempting to build on that knowledge by studying other areas related to it. Other areas related to it. So, for example, if you're interested in grammar, start by studying syntax first and then move on to morphology and lexicon for it. And if you're interested in cognitive science, start by studying neural networks and computer science 5. Uh, this will help you gain an understanding of how language works from an underlying foundation 6. And it will also help you become more versatile when it comes to using linguistic theory in other contexts, so and using linguistic theory in other contexts. That sounds like a great advice. So any parting words? Just to add one last bit of advice, be patient. It can take a while to learn everything that you need to know in order to be a successful linguist or philosopher. So don't get discouraged if you don't progress quickly at first. Stick with it, and eventually you'll start to see results. That sounds really good advice. Thank you, Noam. No problem at all. It's been a pleasure. That's it for this episode of Lexman Artificial Podcast. Be sure to check us out next time for more hilarious things. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest challenge facing linguistics and philosophy today is trying to bridge the gap between linguistics and other disciplines. Other disciplines. And another big challenge is trying to develop theory that is applicable to real-world situations. So, for example, when we talk about taking a sentence as an object of analysis or looking at its structure, these are concepts that can be applied to any language regardless of culture or period. And the same goes for theories about grammar and syntax. They're applicable no matter what language you're talking about. The best advice that I could give would be to focus on mastering one specific area before attempting to build on that knowledge by studying other areas related to it. So, for example, if you're interested in grammar, start by studying syntax first and then move on to morphology and lexicon. And if you're interested in cognitive science, start by studying neural networks and computer science. Uh, start by studying neural networks and computer science. This will help you gain an understanding of how language works from an underlying foundation. So don't get discouraged if you don't progress quickly at first. Stick with it, and eventually you'll start to see results. Stick with it, and eventually you'll start to see results. Be sure to check us out next time for more hilarious things. Goodbye. What do you think about this episode, our listeners? Let us know in the comments below. I'm going to leave you with this poem called The Descent of Man by Charles Darwin. It talks about the evolutionary process and how humans have gradually become better over time. The Descent of Man by Charles Darwin. Our eyes would never have gained the power to see if our grasp had not incorporated ease thereby, and our clutching hand become strong. From the extinescence of tailed dinosaurs, we are from the stars and soars above, greater than all who came before, greater than all who came before but their spirits still remain with us, living on through us in the way we think. Mm -hmm. Forever will be shaped by what came before, helping us to become the people we are meant to be. Thank you for listening.